0: hey how's it going champagne sharks hope everyone's doing well just wanted to uh, do some quick house cleaning let people know. Go to ChampagneSharks.com and you get access to all the links related to Champagne Sharks. You can go there and find it all. And you can find where we are on social media, our products, all that stuff. Also, Patreon benefits, which includes Discord server, book club night, movie night discussions, show notes, newsletter, and most importantly, bonus episodes. So definitely become a patron for $5 a month at Patreon.com forward slash Champagne Sharks. And without further ado, here is the episode take care hey champagne sharks this is t hope everyone's doing well so it's gonna be a solo episode just myself it's kind of funny i haven't done one of these in a while so i forgot how hard and awkward it is it's uh it's really easy when you have even at least one person to go off of or you make the work of doing Mm -hmm. a script but just going off the head even streaming is not like this because when you're live streaming, you have the chat to go off of, and the whole internet in front of you, and you're looking at all this stuff, and it's uh, it's way easier, but sitting and doing a podcast, like in a room, just cold by yourself, that's, that's pretty tough, uh, and I'm surprised I found it so easy before, because right now it feels pretty difficult, but anyway, I want to talk about some just general stuff that you know, i just been thinking about lately, and just about the whole, like, media and podcasting and political space, the academic space, all of it, I find. Um, but one thing I want to kind of start with, right, it's going to be a little out of left field. Maybe I can tie it back in. But have you all noticed, like, how much stuff is not being talked about now as far as compared to just, like, a year or two ago? Like, I don't even mean just, like, big stuff like Ukraine. Like, like Ukraine, people only kind of really bring it up just to mention, hey, another billion is going there. Another four hundred millions go in there and they make like, you know, Yelensky memes. Like he just it's just become normalized. That there's a Ukraine war. And, you know, there's a guy named Zelensky who just shows up every couple months for some money. <laughs> That's just normal. That's just life now. You know, it's something you talk about. Like everything just gets instantly normalized. Um everything burns hot and gets instantly normalized. Like Elon Musk, this was the worst thing for the free world that this man on Twitter a couple months ago i mean people were doing online versions of suicide notes over this man uh becoming like you know people were making up just random rumors just to just go crazy about they were like i heard he's shutting down all of twitter on friday and people were like oh this was the best time of my life i'll always remember you guys this was such a wonderful place and and that the world's becoming a deep dark dangerous place we're still gonna be gone i miss you you know and then Saturday came, like, like a deadline passed. Like they're like a doomsday cult. You know what doomsday cults? When the de- when the doomsday deadline passed, you know, the morning after, the guy l- look around, and be like, "Uh, I got to talk to these motherfuckers now." Like, like I got to bring up some shit, you know. And um, it's like, no, the prophecy is actually uh, we read it wrong. That was the first part of the apocalypse, and the next one, you know, like doomsday cults be doing stuff like that, and um, these people didn't even have the decency to do that. Like, let's make a fake or whatever. They just woke up like none of it happened. They just, like, they say, this is all going to be done tomorrow. I love you guys. Oh, you know, this is how World War Two started. You know, uh, the next wave is going to be in our homes with the jackboots. You know, this goes so crazy. Then Saturday comes, it's like, hey, look at this dog. You know, or it's like, uh, who's the main character today on Twitter? Like, like who would make fun of today? It's like, damn, y'all just didn't have the fucking decency to just even address the hilarity that happened yesterday. You're just going to... We've all agreed on this, I guess. We've just all agreed that this just happened. That, that 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 this didn't happen, I mean. That this this did not happen. This is just regular life, you know. And now they don't bring up Elon. Elon is now is just another tweeter. Elon is just another person tweeting out there to them now. Like, you know, he's, he's not even the owner of the company anymore. He's just Matt Walsh or Ben Shapiro. He's just, you know, he's just one of them, but with a couple extra... Privileges on the app, you know? And yeah, like everything just becomes normal instantly and people just move on. And I'm like, was it just this way for a while and I'm just noticing? Or is something changing? You know what I mean? Um so I'm gonna at some other examples. They might seem out of left field, but tell me what y'all think. Um, okay. I remember every couple of months that I felt like there was something I was supposed to be outraged or weighing in on. And I think I went like a little too deep into that. Like deep into the world of content you know what i mean i was like i'm gonna cover topical 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 stuff you know that's gonna be me i'd be like tony totally topical that's what i'm gonna be all about and uh yeah and my brain was melting from it man it was just dumb it was just dumb dumb shit like it took me a while I'm like do i really even care about this and you stop making yourself care because you don't want to do something you don't believe so some so yeah, you have one or two choices stop doing it or make yourself believe it you know and yeah, so, like, i give an example, like, the new Fresh Prince. Oh, super so Fresh Prince reboot, what does it mean, you know? And I was all into that and did shows, episodes about it. And then I noticed this year, season two of that shit's come out. No one's talking about it. No one was even talking about that show by the halfway through the season. Like, there was so much debate and controversy generated about that show before that first episode came out. No one would shut up about it. You know, it's going to be, this is whack. who asked for this? Oh, blah, 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 whatever. And there's some people like, this is going to be bomb. This is Gen Z's Fresh Prince. And, you know, you guys just don't want to move past anything or whatever. But both camps, like, nobody cared. No one was talking about it. it. It was, it was, everyone got their 20 minutes or two hours of content out of it. They squeezed the juice out that cherry. They cleaned that last Piece of gristle off that bone. And, you know, by the end of that first season, like no one but a few try hards. I think the studios have bots and paid people and engagement firms that also kind of generate a lot of that buzz to make it go viral. And then real people get swept up in the bot buzz, you know? And I feel like one thing is happening is there's a recession coming. There's a lot of regime changes in a lot of these studios, a lot of, um, Boards of investors are like, okay, we've kind of turned the blind eye for a while because you guys were delivering profits, but okay, what is it with a lot of this fuckery? We don't get this fuckery you guys are doing and how you're running things over, over there because now money's getting tight, you know? Um, yeah, so it's like, yeah, I think they never expected to be seriously kind of questioned about any of it, you know, as long as they could just create some kind of bogus image that things are going well. But now that the stock prices are going at, down and everything, you know, people are asking like, okay, so what the fuck's going on down here? Like, you guys are losing all this money because we got to tighten a lot of belts. And and they're like, okay, well, here's all like the reboots we have. And they're doing good because we're arguing with Chuds all day on Twitter about it. You know, we got all the influencers on our side. Like, what, what, the, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> like, are you serious? Like, we're, we're giving you all this money. You're talking about fighting with people on Twitter. Like, like, what the fuck is this? Like, you know, are you guys actually adults. This, this is my image. This is totally headcanon. I have no idea if any of this is happening. I don't know. But, yeah, I think people are just like, I don't understand any of this. You know, like, we just have a lot of noise here, you know, and we have a bunch of people on staff who aren't doing anything. Please fire some people and don't spend any more money. Uh, I don't want you to hear any more social media campaigns for season two of this uh, dog shit show that's not getting any ratings you know, uh, and the reason I'm saying this, is cause there's so many things that were generating a lot of buzz two years ago. No one talks about them by the end of the season. No one talks about the comeback. Um, Atlanta went off the air. Remember how important Atlanta was the, the new black show was a new paradigm of, um, how to be black and everything. People are writing tours. The, the authors writing about how it made him feel validated in the scene, you know, black people like him were corny, And people were just, like, putting a lot of feels into the show. And the show ended. I didn't even know it ended. I was, like, surfing Amazon Prime or something. And I said, "Uh, don't forget to watch the last season of this show. I was like, what? The show ended? I I I forgot about it, first of all. Like, yeah. I'm like, how the fuck does that even happen? Like, a lot of times you have to have, like, a really bad season or two. And even then, people will coast with you on goodwill. But, like, we're in this weird out-of-sight, out-of-mind culture. People just forget everything. Instantly, but not, not even talking about it the first time anymore. Like, because I think with the company shrinking and running out of money and having troubles and doing layoffs, they're not willing to astroturf the fake social interest to begin with. So I think a lot of things that people ended up talking about, it was started by algorithms and bots and, uh you know, paid engagement firms. And then the people would run with them, but they're not even willing to do that first step anymore. And these people have, and these things, uh, these politics, these media shows, these these personalities have so little intrinsic um, interest generating capabilities that without the assisted, you know, push from the institutions, uh, they can't hold people's attention. People can't even bother being fake interested in it anymore. Like, uh, it's just not really doing anything for them. So, yeah, this is really interesting. Like, the only thing I see people talk about now in this kind of shrunken landscape where you know people have pulled back from a lot there's a lot of money and liquidity kind of pulled out of uh the industry and they can't just draw, much mu- draw as much money as they used to at um pushing bullshit and plants and and astroturf support and whatever uh the only thing i see really getting organic interest in that environment is that show the last of us the last of us is the show about zombies i haven't seen it yet i'm sure it's fine i don't know uh, it's about zombies and I haven't I'll, I'll explain why I haven't seen it a little bit because that kind of comes to the bigger meat of this topic right now now the the last of us is you know about these zombies and people really seem to like it, but it's the only thing I really see consistently kind of trending whereas before every day every week some new show would be trending and I think a lot of that might have been kind of Fake combined with, you know, influencers kind of pushing. Because studios used to do stuff like that. Like, uh, people don't really know h- how much. To give an example, um, I think I brought this up in the live stream. If you go to youtube.com forward slash champagne sharks, you see our YouTube page. It's pretty good. There's no reason anybody here listening to the podcast shouldn't also be uh, over there. But, you know, what the right know? I'm biased. But um, HBO Lovecraft Marketing campaign for example it says spotlighted the blurred community it's hbo's marketing teams um what they did is when they were gonna launch um lovecraft country they created this um whole event they did a, a blurred con right they didn't give these people just a screening they gave them a whole convention they did blur they Last fall, they put a sp- this fall before Lovecraft Country came out. They created a space for the blurred community at Comic Con in search of watch in support of Watchmen. Right then at BlurredCon, Con, um, I'm wrong. They didn't create the they didn't create the convention. My bad. At Blurred Con, they did a three day um, multi genre convention called Blurred Con. Um, they did a panel with some of the cast there. Right, but then they started sending them swag bags um, full of stuff. Then they um, had like some kind of virtual screening event for the show with uh, photos and everything. Um, If you go to Variety and Google how HBO's Lovecraft Country marketing campaign spotlighted the the Blur community, you can see it. But these things weren't cheap. It looks like, and they um, invited 100 of them. These are all like you know Twitter blue check types. And then when that show came on, they came out in force pushing that show. Those people got their launching orders, launch uh, marching orders. And um yeah, so they so they do a lot of these influencer kits. That's what they're called. And um yeah, they they put their put their all into it. They um it says it says right here they that should know there were 300 influencers that were uh invited invited to it. And they also went to like some Asian ones, like this guy called Angry Asian Man and some other ones. They're trying to get that cross, that multicultural um, appeal. So they got customized influencer kits, 300 of them, in advance of a special virtual screening. And the article says when determining who to send the packages to, the team focused on genre fans, uh, including blurs and other nerds of color, as well as champions of innovative storytelling, quote, culturally minded entertainment, end quote, which means non-white shit. And HBO's drama programs, meaning you, you watch a lot of uh, prestige TV. Uh, so uh, we take a deep dive into passion points and the interests of our fans, Gaines says. Given the genre bending nature of the show and all its nuance, Baba, OK, this is more PR talk. Yeah but, yeah, but basically you can see it's not a small thing. They would do multi-pronged efforts according to uh, online people to talk about these shows. They would generate a lot of buzz with their extremely online base because these people all have huge followerships. And that combined with you know whatever other uh, technological means they're using like bots or whatever. I think that's why we used to have like five, six shows buzzing every week. You know, and a lot of it was these influencers who were actively courted and bought for. Uh, a lot of it was these bots and entertainment uh, firms. But yeah, like uh, the influencers aren't getting paid. The math's not mathing, so they're not uh, doing it. They're too busy struggling to get a foothold because they're they're losing their place. You know, um, a lot of freelance jobs are running out. The stuff is drying up. You know, so. They don't have time to just be uh, shilling for free. And these people aren't spending the money. A lot of the outlets that people write at ha- are shuddering. Yeah, so I th- I think we're like that now. We're uh, a lot of things that were kind of generated for us to talk and care about. No one really has the time or money to kind of make us pretend to care about them. You know? And yeah, so here's another example. There was a Gossip Girl reboot You used to get. A lot of buzz when it launched. Before it launched, it was getting a ton of buzz. By the time the first season ended, no one's talking about it. Second season came back. They didn't even say shit. They just quietly dropped it on HBO Max. And then when the last episode uh, aired over the season, it was clearly setting up a third season. They just said, okay, guys, canceled. The announcement was canceled the day that they aired the last episode of season two. So they were clearly just like, okay, this is already in the tank. Uh this is already recorded. We have contracts. Let's just finish the show and get it on the air. F it. Just 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 get it done. David Zaslov is purging. Everything's shrinking. But in the meantime, um, we have some of this old regime stuff, you know, from the diversity style days stuff laying around. Let's just clear out the deck and start start fresh. So they aired the second season of, you know, the Gossip Girl Show and then they don't spend again. No money in stupid marketing, you know, no money courting influencers and being online and generating hashtag campaigns. And like when the first Gossip Girl season came out, this new one, they created, I think, fake Instagram accounts for every single character, along with like their own fake Gossip Girl. And there's supposed to be this whole um, Gen Z type of TikTok generation thing, you know, this kind of thing where everybody's kind of networked and created an online community. That shit didn't happen. You know, I mean, i'm sure all those um accounts are gathering dust even before it got cancelled i'm sure all the people who were working on them would be moved on i'm sure the whole department that created that thing just it, it's not even there anymore and uh i feel like a lot of things were like this like including serious news like actual things similar to the ukraine war or the economy or COVID. Remember how many COVID warnings we used to get and constant updates on what happened? Like, that just stopped. You know, it's just become, it's just a new normal. That's nothing. it's just the new normal. It was the end of the world. There are people out there still suffering with long COVID. You would think the existence of long COVID would make you just think, hey, I don't care if there's these boosters. I don't want that shit. That shit sounds serious. You know, you would think that would be like, make people just keep waking up, but no, it's fine, whatever. Uh, well, what's the new thing to get mad at? Oh, it's a Chris Rock special. Hey, you know, let's talk about that. Like, this is crazy. You don't have to suppress anything out of people's minds anymore because there's no attention span, so it doesn't matter. Just wait it out, you know? As long as you didn't do anything, like, get accused of something. You know, like, if you got accused of something someday or you had, like, a really bad poor-taste skit or whatever... That stuff sticks with you forever. That stuff, they will get on you for that cancelable offense, God knows how long. You know, people will just pull up that 1994 or 2008 clip or 2014 clip, you know, and just be like, well, weren't you the one who did this? You know, or weren't you accused of this? You, even if the accusation was kind of thrown out of court or there's reasons to believe, like, it's, like it doesn't matter. And I'm not even just talking about sexual, I'm talking about anything. Like, uh, if you're accused of saying something to someone once on a set and there's no recording of it. Like, it like it doesn't matter what it is like you know like if that like very serious about unserious things you know L- like like that or whatever the latest take is to have on um, two people in the, in the argument you know that's where your energy needs to be you know like god forbid you're seeing supporting uh the person you're supposed to not like that's the worst thing on earth even if you're only supporting part of them not supporting like something that they did they're just saying hey this person uh, did a great painting last week, and I really liked it. Oh wait, so you're saying that you like their blog? It's like what what? Those are two different things. Like, what are you talking about? It's like, uh, you know, oh, so you're saying you like his recently unearthed uh, private blog, uh, talking about you know squeezing dog butts, you know, and and it's like I didn't even know that thing existed. He's like, but but you like his painting, so you so you like everything about you know you're not supposed to separate anything about anybody and, and express it um so yeah that makes that type of stuff more important i think to keep track of than uh what's the latest amount of billions that went to ukraine um, yeah okay whatever i mean that's what we're doing now right we give money to ukraine so um yeah fine um but wait someone said reparations you know and, and you just like jump jump up <laughs> like oh wait <laughs> no, i don't have any money going to those dudes you know, sending some weirdos across the sea. I never, can't, I can't even find the map. You know, like these dudes didn't even know that Ukraine wasn't part of Russia. Like these people are people who thought Ukraine was like a city in Russia, but not was sending money there all the time. They just love Ukraine. Like, like they know every, they know everything about them now. You know, when they first launched, they said, "Wait, is Russia having a civil war? Oh wait, oh no way, Ukraine's a whole different country. Oh, That's crazy." Like, those are the people that are most vocal about the Ukraine war now, with the flags on their profile. They didn't know. Uh, shit about it uh before, but yeah, it's just in the normal hey here's here's where we are, and just not nothing, nothing million like people easily just acclimated themselves to just supporting this country that they never heard of and who, whose fight they don't really understand over um giving their own citizens like their black citizens uh reparations right? like they will dig down and fight they'll be like, oh no, wait, 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 that's um. Let's talk now. You know, and and it's like, wait, there wasn't all that when this money was going to Ukraine. You were just like, hey, whatever. I'm putting the flag in my profile. Even if I don't like it, you know, you got to support the got to support the president. You know, whatever the reason is for not complaining, or even if they're mad about it, they pretty much just got used to it. Like, you know, when it gets announced, it goes there. It goes. You know, it's kind of like we talk about the weather or something. And it's like, if you live in a place with bad weather, and it becomes part of your regular language to just say oh, another smoggy day, you know, or something like that. It's just something that people say, you know, because it happens all the time. Like, even the people hate Ukraine, they've, the war, I mean, they've devolved to that take on it, where they're just like, oh, there goes another 400 million, you know. How was your day, Bob? You know, it's, it's like it's like that. And I kind of wonder, like, what's a history book going to look like from an era like this? Where people are like have active memento syndrome. Remember movie Memento where the guy just keeps forgetting every five minutes? We're like that, except for cancelable offenses. Like picture Memento, where he forgot everything, but the one thing he kept was his grudges. That's what that's what we are now. Like it, it could be a grudge that A didn't even happen to you. You were just told that you should take it on as your grudge. Or even worse, it's a grudge, it's not even like proven like the grudges rumor. You know what I'm saying? Like uh like okay. Chris Brown gave a whole list of white people who were uh, well-known, like abusers. Like you know, like like John Legend was a, was an abuser. Not John Legend. John Lennon was an uh, was an abuser, a um, woman beater, homophobe. You know, he almost beat a gay man to death, and and all this stuff, and all these other examples. He says, "Well, these white accusers, but you guys, you know, won't ever let me know about something that happened when I was like 18. And then a bunch of people tweeted there goes another black man well they didn't say black man actually because because these people weren't black only only, only the black blue checks were allowed to like say that but it was just saying? there was another man um uh, he wants to be able to get away with beating up women like um those other people did which is not what he said he didn't say hey uh i want to be able to beat up women so i'm pointing out these guys so i can go out and beat he's saying like you guys are doing a double standard, you know? Uh, So then I asked one of the people, I'm like, okay, he clearly didn't say that. He didn't say, I want freedom to be able to beat women the way these people um, did. You know, he's saying that I'm being punished for a past mistake differently than these other people. Now, I'm not saying you're inclined to agree with him, but at least argue with what he said, not what you find easier to make fun of, you know, it's easier to handle this caricatured version of what he said and get clout off of that than to talk about the real thing he said. So this guy, uh, so yeah, I I was like, if you're going to point out like, hey, um, the reason those people didn't get bothered as much as you is because there's X, Y, and Z circumstances that makes yours worse. Or they could say, oh no, these people were chastised as much as you, and here's the proof. Like, that's the way to address what he actually said, you know? Or they could say, um, well, in that case, we are going to start bothering these people more, you know? Um, You have a good point. We're still going to bother the shit out of you, but now I'm going to dedicate um, two-thirds of my tweets to these other people, too, you know? Like, they could have said all those things, and those are things I would have actually been addressing, his point about what's the double standard. But instead, they said, they made a whole new thing, but it's easier to clown and the new thing is, hey, so chris Brown just uh is like um, hey, these people got away with it um I should be able to too as well, and it's like or, or or saying like uh, yeah this guy's mad that he can't abuse women like a white man and what and whatever that was nothing that that people were saying that he was uh and it's like it's it's a weird kind of lie because. It's just a really uncharitable bad phrasing of something that kind of happened but didn't happen. You know like, you know what I mean? Like, it's uh, it's like the worst kind of lie of all, you know? And um, as far as being able to disprove, because the totally fake ones, in a way they're worse because of the severity, but also, like, all you got to do is say, hey, I wasn't in the country at this time, and boom, the lie is automatically like, proven. But the one that is so steeped in the truth that there's a lot of disentanglement that has to happen of details to um, negate the lie. Those are the most insidious ones, ones of all. Because most people are too lazy to do that type of nuanced entangling of, of facts. You know, like, um, it's easy to just throw away the whole thing. And um, yeah, so anyway, everything is normalized or forgotten except... Whose side you were on on Amber Heard versus, versus Johnny Depp? You know, we have this tweet that memorializes it. Uh, why was your take on this? Uh, did anybody ever accuse you of anything that was bad, like being a bad boss? Being Did it matter if it was disproven later? No, it doesn't matter. You're just accused? Okay, fine. Um, why was your stance on this? On this day? And did anybody have a screen cap of it? Did you want to use a slur in a, in a tweet? I got that. Yeah, This this... It's just a really, to me, bizarre, bizarre active self-memory holding that has to happen except for the least important stuff. You know, like in an ideal society, you forget the little stuff. You don't sweat the small stuff and you keep the big things. People will like forget like their real lives, but they'll remember the guy who hated the Beyonce album. Uh, we're not gonna forget you, you know, or the movie they got. Sometimes, sometimes your big crime is just being in the wrong place at the wrong time somehow or whatever. Like, to give an example, the movie La La Land, I I saw that movie. Before I saw that movie, I thought this movie was like Joseph Goebbels did it or something. I, I mean, the way you as a black person were supposed to hate La La Land was the most interesting thing to me. I mean, I don't think it's a bad movie. I don't think it's a great movie, but it was entertaining to me. It was okay. Like, I didn't look at my clock. I didn't look at my watch when I was watching it. I never felt the urge to see it again. But I was I wasn't mad that I that I saw it. It was just like a middle brow, whatever movie. The music was okay. The dancing was okay. I appreciated that. You know, the story was credible. The actors did a good job. Whatever. You know, whoop dee boo. And the way we were supposed to hate this movie. I just thought it was white mediocrity. It was this and that. And the movie they were all caping for it for was um, Moonlight. And I'll be honest, right, this might you know get me canceled by a lot of people but i like la la land better than moon moonlight like that thing was boring as hell i mean okay i get it he's gained he's getting beat up but i was like okay like what are you trying to say though like like okay, misery exists like I, well, what's your insight for it like what and i always ask people who tell me love this movie so much i'm like okay what insight did you get from it you know like uh and they don't even, they never can tell me. They're always like, well, you know, it's like really tough to be black and gay. Like, you didn't know that before the movie? Like, yeah, you knew that, you know, but there's not even any personal insights, you know, because the character is not a character. He's just like a big cypher. He's just kind of a mute. He's like a, this almost like dumb mute guy that just kind of lumbers through the world and just getting shitted on and just getting bad breaks. And there's nothing really there for me to like, grab onto with him really you know but it's a it's a nice it's a vibe it's a mood like when i watch and i see all that bisexual lighting and that coloring and that um visual aesthetic they have going on in the music like i can dig it as a vibe it feels like a music video but you know i feel like there's more actual characters in la la land you know even they are just basics like um moonlight to me was just it's an example of how people like lie to themselves to tell themselves that they're rebelling when they're not. It's like I want to be a black person in important circles and whatever, but I know I'm kind of consorting with you know. This is kind of in a way, kind of giving up. You know, it's it's kiss cashing in. You know, like and the way that I can make peace with myself is if I can convince myself I'm fighting the good fight on some level to change perceptions and whatever. Then my place, my highly monetarily rewarded place, you know, in this structure is at least now now justified. Like, yeah, I've cashed in, I deserve to. But I also made things better for Black people in this way. Even if I just if it's just making this TV show or movie or you know, um, you know, whatever. And I feel like one last example of that, like you know, it says, hey, um, we fought back against the white savior movie. So you're not going to get any more type of uh, beautiful minds. Is that, is that what that movie was called by Michelle Pfeiffer? Dangerous minds. You didn't get any more of that patronizing type of, you know, white savior p- school person, a social worker comes to the school and rescues the poor black kids or whatever. And, you know, white people are like, okay, we get it. We're good allies. No more of that. You know, and in the, the black person in those circles, feels good like wow i made a difference no more white savior movies so then what do they give us they give us instead things like precious and things like moonlight which is what i will call the white savior uh movie in disguise like what those movies are right This is what those movies are this is what white people did to pull the fast one on these type of, of um black representation type people they know how to promise you the opposite of something white people are very good at this white people know how to promise you the opposite of something and then give you the same shit in the shuttle the opposite you know like they will just sell you back the same thing in a more insidious disguised way and it'll make you like pay for it and be grateful uh it really is good at it you know it's um and what precious and that movie are are what i call the black non-savior movie which is the white savior movie in disguise. Because it's a movie where, sure, everyone's black, no one is white, but no one is being saved. And what becomes the implication in those kind of movies? The longer you watch those movies, you start thinking, damn, if only there was some white person there to save him. And that pops into your mind. It's hard for it not to because we're too colonized and conditioned for it not to. So it's like, I mean, even when I was watching Moonlight, you know, I caught myself thinking like, Damn, some social worker gonna... Like, I just started accepting the idea that black people could not save this boy. Pressure is the same thing. Black people cannot save this girl. They're either going to harm her or be apathetic to her. But that's the world. And um it just ends up being the same belief as the White Savior movie. Because you end up leaving those movies with the same thought. Like, damn, we need to get more good white people involved. Like, when you watch... Something like Dangerous Minds or Different Strokes. By the time you're done with it, you think, "Man, this is what Black people need—more good white people with power and privilege to, um, you know, share their benevolent largesse, you know, and 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 civilize us, you know." And when you watch Precious or Moonlight or you know any of these other Black non-savior misery porn movies, you get the exact same takeaway: like, "Wow." We need white people to come in and civilize and save us. You know, one one movie sells it to you by showing you the positive vision, you know, the representation, like, look, this white person is doing all this great stuff, you know. And then when these type of um, bougie activists uh, fight the system within the system types came along, they said, you guys can't keep doing that because uh, black people need to learn, you know, they don't need a... White savior, or we don't need a white savior, whatever. No more white savior movies, and they gave her—they gave them literally what they wanted. Okay, so here's here's movies with no white saviors, you know. And then in the movie, but it's, like, you know what, it's like it's like the monkey's paw, it's like the genie's wish. That's a better description of what I was gonna say. White people are like white people. Remember, I said they give you the—they'll uh, give you back the opposite disguise in. No, they'll give you back the same shit. The in the form of the opposite. That's an example of a monkey's paw wish. A monkey paw's wish is like, you know, it's just it's these old stories that they used to have, um, or maybe it's a single story. You know, somebody finds like a, a monkey's paw and the monkey's paw is supposed to give you wishes. The Simpsons did a treehouse of horror on it, I think. And each time you make a wish, the, um, each time you make a wish, one finger in the monkey paw curls up and you get the wish, but the wish is always via interpretation uh, ironically morbid and always the opposite of what you wanted like for example one guy each wish he did kept leading to a bad event they could try to make a sec another wish to undo the last one and the monkey's paw kept interpreting it in the worst way possible and uh i think this one was a movie called tales from the crypt and joan Collins, the actress was in this segment uh but it's in the 70s i think um basically one of his wishes causes like his new bride to die or something So then uh, he makes a wish to wish her to come back to life and to come to him. And then what happened was she was dead and in the coffin and embalmed already. And the monkey's paw brought her back to life. But now she has embalming fluid in her and she's screaming and bleeding. And she's coming uh, straight for him because uh, he said, bring her back to life and and, uh, have her come to me. So she comes back to life as this kind of like screaming, tortured zombie and she can't stop chasing him. It's really interesting, but that's the kind of thing they're, they're good at doing. But technically f- fulfilling the wish to the letter, but the uh, inception, I mean, the, uh, the twist makes it actually worse. And the non-black savior movie in a similar fashion is worse than what they did the monkey's paw wish to get, a, to get away from. And I'll explain why. In a white savior movie, The white savior saves the black people. And then you think, okay, so they showed a white person saving us instead of a black person saving us. But it doesn't mean a black person couldn't have saved themselves or each each other, you know? They just never got a chance to see it because the white savior got there first. And, you know, the one hope of those movies was if they waited long enough or if... The person had the right resources. A black person could have saved, you know, um, the the savages. But with the black non-savior movie, it's kind of like, okay, we pulled out. We left you to yourselves. Look at what you got. So now you not only walk away with it, thinking the same thing that you know you're thinking a um, white savior movie, like, oh, black people are fucked. They can't help themselves. They suck. You know, you still walk away with that. But now you also walk away. Well, oh, let me back up. You not only walk away with this idea that white people are the only ones who could save, are the ones we need to save us, but now you walk away with the idea black people definitely can't can't save us either. Like it's not even like the white people are saving us, but without them there, maybe the black people could do it. It's like okay, this is the only game in town. Um, we're not saving you and getting in the way of you doing it for yourselves we're saving you because you can't do it for yourselves and i feel like that's kind of the things with a lot of these um black non-saving movies like precious and and this one and there's some other examples you know um this one being moonlight but in precious and in moonlight in, in moonlight there's a lot of scenes of good white people around Do you guys notice that or even if it's in fantasies like Precious is always daydreaming about a light-skinned person saving her. And think about this. In Precious, they didn't have a white savior, but they had a bunch of biracial people who cared. But this was interesting, right? And this is how insidious I think it is. These people were half white. They're Mariah Carey. They're Lenny Kravitz. They're her um, fantasy guy. She has a biracial fantasy guy that she's um, fantasizing about who's who's rescuing her. So, you know, he's, he's fake, but... There's two real and one fake saviors they're all biracial and they all kind of halfway save her, but they can't do the final step so it's like, um, if the black people can't save, but the half white people can half save, then your mind is made to fill in the blank that a full white person is the only person I could have saved uh precious and the same thing happens with um in that in that movie moonlight like. The white people we see are, like, people in nursing homes and rehab places and all these places just being sweet, nice people. Like, they're basically in civilized society. Like, that that, that home that Chiron's mother is in, there's just, if I remember correctly, there's a bunch of white people working there. And, you know, look what a sweet person she's become now think she's been civilized by, you know, these white people. She has empathy for her son now. Um, now that she's been taken off the streets and, you know been in rehabs and stuff where white people was, you know, were kind of saying this is how to, the way to be a human uh black lady you know but um yeah going back to what i was talking about before la la land i was supposed to be so freaking mad about and i watched it and i'm like oh, okay like i prefer this than, than moonlight you know like like moonlight you know nice music video it's it's, it's, it's a vibe i get it there's a lot of shot the shut the black skin nice you know and there's a lot of vibes happening in the movie but it's um there's no story there's no characters you know it's just one long vibe and um uh, to me a message that the national review would love like black people do the knockout game and they need white people to save them because they're savages that's that's and uh they'll even eat eat their own yeah so um yeah whatever i like a lot of land more but um the reason people were mad about that wasn't because the movie did anything particularly racist or bad or whatever. I mean, it had the usual uh, horrible takes on jazz that white liberals have, but, you know, whatever. That wasn't why these people were mad. They were mad because they felt like it was somehow getting in the way of something they were owed. What I mean by that is Moonlight, for whatever reason, represented them. It felt like what the social media black weirdo wanted as their represent represent. In the world at that moment, and how it was treated with say everything about themselves. You know, that's the kind of weird investment a lot of people had in it. Like, I don't know why, but a lot of black blue checks became very, and I don't think it was just because, you know, of the sexual issue. I think it's something to do with it, but I think it's more of his outcastness among black people that they really vibed with more than his gayness. I think his gayness is actually very incidental. Because there's been a lot of gay black characters before. I mean, this might be arguably the gayest black movie, but there's been gayness to dress in black movies before. You got, y'all got you never acted like this. And there were actually better movies, you know? Um, and it's like, you know, like, black... The average black person from the black community being, like, a knockout game, terrorizing, you know, lunatic, especially the straight black man. That, like, Mad Max wasteland view of black black world i think is what they kind of really get off on and bond over you know and um but long long land this had this idea in their head about this is our time to be accepted we're here talking about what all these niggas have been done done to us like not even niggas like niggers with the hard r like, like they're saying they're saying the n-word with the hard r They're like what all these niggers have done to us now we're on the biggest stage where we're going to get To complain about, you know, how much we hate uh, straight black men and the black community, which is like, you know, the black women who are affiliated uh, with them, like how much we can't stand them. And then this white boy movie is going to get in our way and take our shine, you know, and that was a movie's real crime, like the audacity of being nominated in the same year as the movie that's supposed to represent them, which then goes back to the same type of narcissism. This is about you. The movie has somehow incidentally slighted you by its mere existence and its timing. You know, and like I said, I don't think it's a great movie. I am not against people not liking it, you know, but it's at worst like it's a mediocre movie. You know, it's like this huge affront to, like people still make La La Land hateful jokes and still act like, they act like it's a horrible atrocity that almost happened. Like, like, people will bring up when people talk about the need for representation and how things haven't improved. Like, do you remember when La La Land almost won the Oscar? You know, like, like, like we avoided a comet or something, like something significant. Like, like okay, and like, does that some huge disaster that was averted? Like, because no one talks about moonlight. Because it itself is one of those things. Like, people bring it up when it's time to bring it up, but people don't talk about it. Like, people don't really just bring it up. People don't rewatch really watch that shit. People don't talk about that shit. The, no one talks about it. Like, they, talk, they talked about it because they were kind of supposed to. It was their homework for that time. Like, you know, people treat social media like something that they get homework for. Like, okay, um, the readings this week and the, the, the topics this week are X, Y, and Z. What you have to talk about You get your marching orders and you go online and, get, and pretend to be in love with or outraged by whatever you're supposed to that day. And, uh, but, I mean, like, I remember, and I'm old enough for this, I remember when Star Wars came out. And I'm not lying to you, people talked about each movie until the next one came out. And we watched it until the next one came out. I mean, to be fair, it was kind of easier because there wasn't as much content. So um, you couldn't um, just, like now now you literally can't watch everything on TV. Uh, You never could, but now you really can't. Like, in theory, you probably could before with the VCR uh, in a year because there was like, so many months with no new content was happening. You could probably watch everything in a, in a, on every channel. It was three or four channels and, you know, TV wasn't on all the time, you know, but yeah, no, you totally can't now. So, so to be fair, I made it easier for something to stay on your mind, but you expect there with a lot of things. Like, um, remember, I'm trying to think of another example, like Sopranos, people talk about Sopranos episodes for like crazy between seasons or just talk about the position for the next one, you know? Um, Now, like, a season of a show ends, people talk about it a little bit longer on fumes, like, you know, for, like, the weekend after the finale ends. And then people don't talk about it again until they get surprised by a trailer or the debut of the first episode, you know? Like, um, going back to the thing that started this whole thing, the Fresh Prince reboot, the Gossip Girl reboot, all these things that kind of had a little bit of an audience that was kind of astral turfed and talking about it. No one was talking about the stuff between seasons. Like no one was talking about. Man, remember what happened in that Fresh Prince reboot last season? Damn, or using memes from it. No one's talking about that. No one's talking anticipation for it. Hey, y'all, it's coming. What are your fan theories? Like, nope, none of that. And um, yeah, everything is made to be forgotten unless constantly thrown in your face, except for personal foibles. That's the only thing that we have any long-term memory for that we'll keep returning to independently We'll, we'll be playing the greatest hits you know and like i said the foibles could be something that you did but it was a long time ago it could be something that you didn't do but you were accused of sometimes it could be something that you didn't even actively do outside of just existing It's just an existential thing like you just existed and got more attention than someone who thinks that they were entitled to that intention you know and you had the nerve of messing with this fantasy that they had about how great they were going to do. Like, you know, you had the nerve to outshine them. You didn't even do it on purpose. You just were minding your business. But uh, in fact, they even hate more that you didn't do it on purpose because, you know, they've been trying like crazy to d- be nothing more than celebrated and seen. And you got it without even trying. That, that That's even worse because it feels like even more of a spit in their face. But it also kind of, makes the cravenness hurt more what i mean by that is i don't know if any of you have ever had a a time or whatever or a moment i mean i have i just assume everyone if they're being honest has had one where you compromised your principles on something for a short-term gain you know you were like i'm going to compromise my principle or i'm gonna sell out i'm gonna do this for a short term gain and you kind of sold yourself out or you, you didn't have integrity with yourself or you allow yourself to be disrespected or something. And then you didn't even get the thing you sold out for. And that's when it really feels like shit. When you're like, I did this for nothing. Um, and I think a lot of people, they have trouble even when they get the thing, but at least the spoils from the thing helps them forget about, you know, like I sold out, but you know, I'm going to cry into a bed of money, you know, I'm going to blow my nose on these hundred dollar bills, you know, but, um, you're back where you started, except now you just got a sore ass. You know, you, you've got nothing but um, the shame. You know, like that's gotta be tough. And I think I think that kind of bothers these people too. Is like I did all this um, shilling and groveling and climbing, and I came in number two where I lost. You know, because um, in the in the weird, in, like I said, in this weird way, this movie is them and they're. Media, or academia, or corporate career, you know, it's, it's, it's them. And it's fighting against the bad blacks and fighting to get rescued and seen by the good whites all in one moment. And, yeah, that weird moment where La La Night was mistakenly read as the winner instead of moonlight. I think in a weird way, that's just a way to fuck with them. Like, I feel like the white people know all this about their mascots, and they like knowing that they're this important in these people's lives. I think these two that just kind of troll them, you know, just to watch them hyperventilate, you know at the thought of not being accepted by them, you know, like uh that fake impotent rage that's really just desperate um begging to be seen and approved of, you know yeah it's 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 that, and that's the kind of stuff that people carry with them at top intensity, like you know they don't just normalize or whatever they 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 stay vigilant about that stuff. Like you know, you almost won my award. You uh, did this bad thing that you know reminds you of a bad thing that happened to me. It's it's um, but I think it's inevitable in a world where there's a war on meaning. There's there's this thing that's kind of and I thought about it in this episode called the pseudo, and in the pseudo I was talking about this a lot, and I was like, there's a death of. And I was talking about how we have pseudo-everything, pseudo-relationships, pseudo-friendships, pseudo-everything. Like, you know, we have have pseudo-politics, pseudo-movies, pseudo-sex, you know, all this pornography and uh, escapism and everything. Pseudo-commentary, where it's just, like, people are just performing uh, for their audiences. Yeah, and, you know, I was was just thinking, like... um this only really happens in the world of the death of meaning. And I feel like meaning has to be dead for this world to work. And by meaning, I mean like objective truth and fiction. This idea of blending truth and fiction, said it's only bullshit, I think is the most appealing aspect of this world to the people in it. Like there are people who come to this world with a need for meaning, objective meaning to die. And they don't all have the same reason for wanting this end, but they're all interested in that end goal, so they form a broad cross-body cross, cross body alliance, you know? And it's like, as long as we all agree that for whatever reason, for whatever traumas we have, for whatever ambitions we have, we need for meaning and objective truth to die, you can be on this team. And I've talked about before a lot the difference between truth and bullshit and... I know for people who have listened to the show for a while, you will be sick of hearing me talk about it. But I kind of have to talk about it because I have to talk about it because you have to assume every episode of somebody's first. So you should, you know, go with that conceit and give, give it to them uh, as if it's the But see, that move alone, that tendency of mine alone is very not postmodern. It's very not, it's very not trendy. It's very not internet-y. Like, you know, you're supposed to always presume context. Uh, You're supposed to presume that your viewer, your listener is plugged in. And if it's not, it's their fault, not yours. You know, if you don't know this is a lie, that's a fault on you, not on me for telling a lie. Like, you're getting penalized because you're stupid enough to think I might be honest, which is really a diss against me, you know, because what I'm saying is only an idiot would think I'm I'm telling the truth. You know, you should know that I'm a... And this doesn't go for jokes where it's so over the top, the person should know it's a lie. Because in that case, when you troll like that, that's a funny joke because you've done this over the top thing that any rational person should know is a lie. And um, you made them think it it was true. Like that's a talent on your behalf and it makes the other person look stupid. But what we have now is this weird... And again, uh, the word pseudo, a pseudo version of that. It's like a pseudo camera, camera or something, or or prank show or satire where you do something totally normal and plausible and then get mad at people for believing it. But it's like the thing you said is so in the realm of believability and you gave no tells, it was a lie, that the only way for somebody to know that was a lie is if for some reason, they just knew the person was the jokester or they knew something about the person already, you know? Um, now, how do you know enough about someone to know that everything they say is kind of like a bit or whatever? You know that by being a follower of them and by having seen a lot of their previous material. Like kind of like this postmodern shitpost kind of humor, It's all a lot of it's based on you can never get the full context for anything in one thing. You've always got to be steeped in 10 other memes or five other trends or some other, and if you don't get that, you know, if you don't follow my account enough or follow the space enough to be able to always be up to date with the gossip and the minutia and the um, signifiers, then it's not my fault for being a poor communicator or for whatever. Um, it's your fault for um, expecting better of me. You know, uh, you shouldn't have expected better from me. You shouldn't have expected um, truth. You shouldn't have expected something that's easy to be understood and communicates clearly. You know, and it's it's kind of like a weird, weird inversion. But it's not uh, to me a particularly good trend because I think that depth of meaning that uh, comes from that just has its people in constant connection with each other, but not. No, and constant contact with each other, but not connection. Like there's a difference between contact and connection. And we're told that we're hyper-connected, but we're not, we're hyper-contacted. We're in extreme constant contact with each other. Like we're in contact with a million people all the time, but we're actually not connected at all. Like me being able to be in communication with you doesn't mean I'm in connection with you. It means I'm in contact with you. Connection comes from, us understanding what each other is is saying when we're communicating. And we're not connected at all. We're hyper-disconnected. We're we're hyper-contacted. Again, communication is contact. Connection is what does or doesn't come out of that contact. You know? And uh, I hate that we always use that word. But yeah, I think we can only really be kind of um, connected to each other by what we hate now, unfortunately we're going to be connected by like what we hate. And um, that's like a pseudo connection. That's not a real connection. And I think being hyper-contacted with no real connection just leads to this kind of uh, pseudo connection where we just base it on, we're all going to hate the same things. But a lot of times, we try to disguise it as liking something. So it's like, um, I mean, we've always known that, you know, pro-whiteness is really about anti-minority. But I think we've reached a point where that's happened for, a lot of other things. Like like now, a lot of pro-blackness has become um, really being about being angry or jealous at white people. And a lot of, like, feminism uh, for a lot of people has become about, like, hating men, you know? I mean, it's always been true for, like, the opposite. Everyone's always known that men's rights groups are really about hating women because they don't really make any real political groups for for men. They don't do anything to help homeless men. They don't do anything to form support group they don't really do anything, you know? Uh, we're known we're about, like, pro-white people, but I think it's been a unpleasant truth to say that a lot of people come to activism spaces, like, you know, some people come to socialism because they just hate or jobs of rich people. I'm not saying all socialists, I'm not saying all pro-black people, I'm not saying all feminists are doing this, but I do think we have, it's more common, I think Nietzsche called it uh I just uh, learned about this concept because I was describing it, to somebody, and he said, that sounds a lot like Nietzsche's um, re re-sentiment. But I feel like social media squares that. Um, I haven't read Nietzsche and this concept of re for myself, so if this doesn't overlap with that, then don't get mad at me. I'm just saying what someone else told me. But um, I think this way we can only remember the foibles of things you know, of people and things and whatever, but we can't really remember anything else because that's what hate kind of does to you. Like, when you're angry at someone, you don't really do a good job at remembering their day-to-day or remembering um, their their good parts. You know, you kind of just hyper-focused on their bad, and that's what keeps coming to you in your memories. So, um, yeah, the whole... Where was I? The whole... Um, space is kind of like this now nothing stays remembered people are bounded by hate only thing gets remembered is the negative stuff people are super in contact with each other but they're not connected they're like very disconnected and that disconnection i think it's very easy when you don't have a good connection with someone for the first thing to bond on is to be um what you dislike you know it's 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 harder to bond on things that you genuinely like and I think standing also doesn't count as genuine real liking because it's kind of like a caricatured, very shallow, um, it's intense but it's shallow. Stand them is very intense but shallow. Like for example, if you look at um the Beatles, if you look at all those crazy teenage girls that were screaming and fainting for the Beatles, how many of them do you think remain lifelong major? Beatle fans and experts. Super fans and experts. You know, they were in the Beatles fan club. They fainted the concerts. They had crushes on the guys. But, you know, they probably didn't most of them probably didn't grow up to be like authorities on the Beatles or whatever. The Beatles to them was just a phase they went through in um, childhood. And that's an example of intense but shallow. Some people's love for something is not very intense. Like They don't give a lot of spectacle to it. But it's it runs very deep. And I think um, there's a lot of intense but shallow emotions that happen. All right, y'all. So that is the end of part one. Go to, again, patreon.com forward slash Champagne Sharks or click the link in the show notes to get part two. Be good.